he's gay. I mean, he's gay, excuse me, he's blind. If you're at lunch, or if you have no appetite, now is a good time to switch off the radio. It will not be pleasant listening. Welcome to the Lawrence Ross Show. Ain't nobody got time for that. A two-hour weekly exploration into the mind of a man who calls it like he sees it, but he can't see his audience. There is no Kaiser Soze. Want to interact with this guy? Give him a call. 813-602-2715. Hope you enjoy the program, because no refunds will be issued. Well, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! The Lawrence Ross Show. How's it going, everybody? 813-602-2715. We'd love to hear from you tonight. Tonight! On Facebook Live for a little bit, as well as TF52.com and RadioChaos.net. But first, Tall Whiskey Glass. Slightly different computer setup for the interim. I finally have something in my archives I've been looking to put in for years and years and years. Finally have it. All that and much more. Thank you for tuning into the Lawrence Ross Show live tonight on Facebook Live for a little bit and on TF52.com and RadioChaos.net. And if you're listening to this on uh, replay, on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or Google. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, so, if you'd like to get a hold of me, it's 813-602-2715. Or you can uh, send me a tweet. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash Blind Lawrence. And uh, so, yeah, so let, let's let's get this thing into high gear. And ladies and gentlemen, just want to say thank you very much to uh, some brand new Facebook likes out there. As I've always done, ladies first on this program, Alyssa Hubbard. Thank you very much for liking the page, Alyssa. And also, thank you to Scott Rucker for liking the page. Yeah. Hold on a minute, folks. Hold on. I'm Hold on. Terribly sorry, I gotta deal with this. Hold on a moment. Uh, hold on. Hang on. Hell, get on it. Hang on. Hang on a second. Hang on. I gotta get his wireless up. Hold on a minute. Hang on. Hang on. He's 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 in. He's 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 in the other room, but he can hear me. Hold on a minute. Let me, let me patch him in. Uh, hold on. <clears throat> all right, get all right. You should be ready. Uh, Stewie, you there, man? Yeah, what's up, man? Can you get the uh, air freshener can? Yep, got it right here, man. Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I was in your setting. 
Yeah, I didn't know why either, man. Yeah. Uh, well, the reason why I got to get the air freshener uh, is because, well, with this individual having the last name of Rucker. Uh, hold on a minute. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, ladies and gentlemen, I must profusely apologize because, uh, unfortunately, the walking corpse of Don Imus has decided to come in here and try and mess things up because the guy's last name is Rucker. Uh, let me get him on mic here. Let me plug him in. Dang it. Uh, yes, Mr. Imus, what, what would you like to uh, say? Well, I just want to say that, uh, you know, his last name is Rucker. You know, that kind of reminds me of that controversy I got into uh, back in 2007 uh, with the Rutgers uh, women's basketball team. And uh, you know what I say about those, uh, <laughs> ooh, oh, man. You know what I say about those girls, right? Nappy headed hose. Yeah, I yes, I, I I understand, Mr. Imus, and uh, I I understand completely. And sir, you know you're 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 quite frankly you're you're not my kind of radio personality, all right, sir? Because I read your book, God's Other Son, or actually I actually borrowed it from the library on an audio tape. And basically, in almost every chapter of the book, the main character abuses his uh, abuses his package in a very in a very beautiful. In, 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 in a very brutal fashion, sir. Well, that's just, you know, what I'm trying to do because uh, back in the day, you know, I was going up against, uh, you know, I was you know, I was going up against uh, Howard Stern. And, uh, you know, and as you know, I mean, uh, you know, I worked with him at the WNBC. And, uh, and I will say this, uh, uh, that guy. Uh, Kevin Matheny. Kevin Matheny. Everybody has him pegged all wrong. All right, he's actually a really. He was actually a really good friend of mine. He actually, he actually pulled the story to be hired on WNBC. He was, he was, he was very happy to have me on board. And uh, another, another great person is my dear wife Deirdre. Yes, sir. I, I, I know about your wife Deirdre, and I know about the Imus Cancer Ranch and all that other stuff. I know that you've done a lot of things, but look, man, you died back in December of 2019, and you're really starting to stink the joint up, so I gotta... Yeah, exactly. Get him out of here, man. Get him the hell out. All right. All right, there we go. Whew. Uh, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's the uh, <clears throat> the perils of doing live radio sometimes. You know. Uh, so yeah, takes care of that. All right, now into the uh, personal recap. So Friday night, I pretty much just uh, listened to the show for uh, quality control, and I think it sounded pretty damn good. And uh, so then on Saturday, I uh, talked to my friend John, who I talked about on Friday night, the guy from uh, the guy who currently resides in England. And we were talking for uh, almost like an hour, and uh, it was it was just it was nice to play catch up and chat with him and see how he was doing and all that stuff. And he's a he's a uh, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Very very nice. Very friendly dude. And uh, check him out. He's 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 a uh, very nice fellow. John Williams. Uh, he's uh, he's he's in he's in London right now. He used to live in Florida for many years, and it's just a beautiful beautiful thing and uh so yeah so not much else really and then sunday was laundry day as it is with me but uh but but so but something else happened on uh but something else happened on sunday uh the computer that i normally use 
to uh, the computer that I normally use in regards to playing clips on this program. Uh, it, it, it decided to uh, crap the bed. So I'm using a backup laptop at the moment. Uh, in, in the interim, as they say. So, so I'm waiting, so I'm waiting, uh, so I'm waiting to get that repaired. And, uh, I, I should be able to get that fixed, no problem. Should be, should be, should be pretty, you know, should, 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 should be pretty, I, I think it should be a pretty easy fix. I mean, the issue I'm running into, it says, uh, it's all, it's saying, uh, it's saying, uh, repairing disk error. This may take up more to an hour. So that's that's where I'm currently stuck at. But uh, I mean, but 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 I'll, but I'm pretty sure I'll be able to get it fixed. So I mean, if if not, then I'll just have to get a new computer, which you know I'm not too upset about because uh, because because uh, I because I can always re-download stuff. I mean, as 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 much as that is a bit of a pain in the neck. I mean, if if I gotta do it, then I gotta do it. You know. But so be it. All right. Now uh, the the other thing is uh, well. On uh, well, yesterday, well, it's, well, other than work being work, uh, the only other thing really to uh, say is that uh, is that uh, is that I had uh, is that I, I had my very first uh, McGriddle uh, with uh, with eggs, bacon, and cheese, and oh man, it was good. Oh man! Oh, it it was just oh, it was it was good good stuff, man. I loved it, loved it, man. T tasted really good, and it was the first time I ever had one. Yeah, excuse me, and I would love to have one again. Love to. All right, eight one three six zero two two seven one five is the number here. Gonna be bringing in uh, Jim Rome in uh, just a few minutes. Uh, but uh, it seems you know it se seems as if as a tradition. It's, it's it seems as if it seems as if every every time I bring in Jim Rome, and I got to step away, <laughs> I I always seem to run into this. This this always seems to happen to me. Like like I'm like 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 I'm like I'm getting ready to bring in Jim Rome, and just when I'm ready to bring him in, just when I'm ready to bring the dude in, I got to deal with I got to deal with the dang couch potatoes, and they're bugging me about what they're gonna have to eat. I always got to take their order and stuff. It's always, it always happens like that. I, I I don't know exactly why that is the case, but hold on. Let me get my, uh, yeah, let me get my commemorative pen. Hold on a minute. Hold on a second. Damn it. Where's that pen? Ah, jeez. Oh, boy. If it isn't one thing, it's another around here. Oh, my goodness. Goodness gracious. All right. All right. Found the pen. Hold on. Let, let, hang on a second. All right. What do you guys want, man? Y'all take the, uh, uh y'all take some, uh, Cheetos. All right, Cheetos for you. <clears throat> Yummy microwave burritos. <clears throat> That'd be cool. <clears throat> sure do. Uh, you got any of that soda? Yep, root beer coming up. Uh, thanks. Ugh. All right, cool. Okay, I got everyone's order. All right, perfect. Takes care of that. All right, and I'd like to bring him in right now. Bring him in. <clears throat> Jim, have a seat, man. Thank you very much for the praise. From Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Oh 
What is up? A tremendous Friday to each and every one of you in Los Angeles. I am Jim Rim. Welcome to this portion of the Lawrence Ross program. Hope you guys are enjoying it. He's got some good takes coming out. Some really good takes. The man does. All right. All right, Albie, turn that off. All right. Want to get into some stuff to have here in the sports world. First of all, Floyd freaking Mayweather going up against Logan freaking Paul from YouTube. Eight rounds of these guys dancing around, hitting each other. Nobody seems to fall down. I've noticed that. I've noticed that in the last couple of fights up against the man Floyd Mayweather. Not a lot of these dudes want to. Not a lot of these dudes will fall down in front of Floyd Mayweather. I don't know if it's fear, or I don't know if they just want it, or I don't know what their deal is. But I really see. I, I would like to see a couple of knockdowns for old Floyd, because because I'll say this: Floyd Mayweather, great guy, really nice guy. Give me the time of day, any time at all. Very nice guy, great guest, great guest on the jungle, and on Jim Roman's burning on Showtime. And he is also really good to listen to when I'm drinking my sapphire red with my wife Janet on a Friday night, and I see him on Sports Center. Man, what kind of fight was that? I mean, really. Because it kind of seems as if, because I kind of think that all Floyd Mother, because I kind of think that all Floyd's opponents are just based off of hype. And that's the truth. I'm just saying that. I'm not just saying that. I say it because I subscribe to it. Check that. I definitely subscribe to that. All right. Getting some other news here real quick. Uh, some very disappointing news in regards to Andy Reid's son, Britt Reid, who drove drunk and caused a child to experience a very traumatic injury. Clones, let me tell you this right now. Do not send me your I can drive better than Britt Reid tweets, texts, emails, or phone call smack. All right? This is not the place nor the time for that. A family has gone through a very rough patch in their time, in, in, in their lives, and they need time to cope. They need time to deal with it. And let me just say this right now. In regards to Brett Reed, clones, this is a guy who definitely should have called the Jim Rome celebrity drunken bus at 1-800-BOAH. is what he should have done, but evidently he did not. He chose to drive drunk and he chose to plow into a vehicle. That is his decision. That is on him. Again, Britt Reed should have called 1-800-BLOAH. All right. Thank you very much for that drop, Alvy. Did not... Let me tell you something. I am telling you this right now. A lot of the clothes probably did not want to hear that puking sound effect. But, hey, you played it anyway. So I'm going to give you a raise for that one, man. Good job, Alvy. Good job. All right. Here's an email. <clears throat> Dear Ben Smack... I can drive much better than Britt Reed. Signed Tiger Woods after taking <clears throat> after taking a five iron to the face after his old lady caught him cheating. Darren in Austin. Darren, you're blocked. Block, block. Come on, man. Seriously, get with the program. I told you clones that I'm not gonna be doing this, but you've kind of forced my hand and you're you know, this is pretty much how it goes. Now I gotta field all these emails and all these texts and these tweets and these phone calls from guy who's going to make insensitive joke after insensitive joke. Alright, here's another one. Hey Ben Smack, what about my driving problem? Sign Mookie Blaylock. Alright, Eric in Seattle, you're blocked. Ah! 
Come on, Eric. That is just not cool because Mookie Blaylock caused the death of a poor girl, man. And for you to say that, man, that means, you know what that means, Ed? If you recall, and you got ran, but this time you're blocked. Block! You are blocked, man. That is just, that is just so uncool. That's so uncool and very inappropriate. That's not nice. All right, another email. Hey, Ben Smack. I know a lot about fighting up against Floyd Mayweather. It was really disappointing. Signed, Manny Pacquiao. That's from Charles in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You know, Charles, that brings a really good point. That brings a really good point because I remember watching the fight and I remember I paid my $99.99 to see it. And I'll say this. It was incredibly disappointing. It was disappointing and it was a real letdown. It wasn't all that good. I got to say. It was not all that exciting. It did not live up to the hype. It absolutely did not. It did not, clones. It did not. Oh, wait. <laughs> Alvy, I think you misfired on that one, man. Moment of, moment of back the tape up a little bit. Because we only got a couple seconds left before I got to hit the break music. And there you go. All right. Coming up next in the jungle. Shaq Attack, my man Shaquille O'Neal, gonna be breaking down sports the way Shaq does it. All right, Jim Rub Show, back to the blind dude. Thank you very much, Jim. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you guys enjoy the uh, music for a little bit because I gotta turn this. Uh, not, only, not only do I gotta turn this uh, camera off, but I also have to, uh, I also got to, uh, I got to distribute snacks. So, uh, just, uh, stick with me and I'll be, I'll be back in a bit. Stand by. There we go. Just had to take care of that. And I had to uh, distribute the uh, snacks. All right, so everybody's got their stuff. Oh, okay. oh, okay, cool. Okay. All right. You guys want to comment on the... Uh, you guys want to comment on the song? Yeah, 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 yeah. <coughs> song rules. <coughs> sure does, Beavis. Here we go. <laughs> this song rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <coughs> Wayne Stolly. <coughs> he sounds like a cool dude. <coughs> Uh, Bevos? I think he's dead. What, really? <laughs> dead people are cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bevos, remember that time when we made all those dead people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For that, like, cartoon and stuff? And Van Drayson really liked it, but we thought it sucked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's because you took all the images and spliced them all together and only made two characters. <laughs> what a bunghole. <laughs> Shut up, Bevos. Settle down. Fart knocker. <laughs> Shut up, buddy. 
I'm gonna write a song. Check it out, Babas. He's burying the pit. <laughs> well, really? That sucks. Sucks me him. Yeah. <laughs> He's asking to be saved, but nobody will save him. <laughs> what a bunghole. <laughs> yeah, really. Alright, okay, alright, okay. Alright, I'll check in alright, I'll check in with all you guys later. <laughs> alright. What else do I got? Okay, okay, okay. Alright, now okay, now I would like to give you uh okay, now I'd like to give you some real uh sport uh some uh now I'd like to give you uh uh some real sports takes here. But uh before okay, before oh oh jeez. Ouch. Dang. All right. Uh, before before I get to the sports thing, I just I, I just want to uh, I just want to swing back over to a guy who's not an athlete, or as Rome calls him. Uh, what do you call him, Romy? Athletes on mic, dude. Athletes. Yes, athletes. It's a guy uh, a guy who's not an athlete. Uh, Logan Paul. And I'd mentioned last week that Logan Paul he got in a lot of trouble. For filming himself at a forest where dead where dead bodies are in Japan, but what I didn't realize is to how severe the backlash was. I mean, I knew I knew that he got his uh, monetization taken away for a brief period. He really had to he he really had to kiss a lot of ass to get back in the good circle. But I didn't realize that he got sued over the deal because I saw because I, I found this video from WatchMojo.com and it talks about. The top 10 times YouTubers have gotten sued. And this is an instance in which that happened. And this came in at number four. And this is this is their explanation in regards to what happened to Logan Paul. So here we go. After he after he broadcasted his notorious visit to Aokikahara Forest at the base of Mount Fuji in Japan. Yeah, I guess Aokikahaku Forest is... I guess, I guess it's considered to be very sacred amongst people in Japan and and I did not see the video because I think it's I think it's since been taken down by YouTube as it rightfully should have been but I think I, I but 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 I think he just had an overall attitude and he was an overall cavalier attitude and he just he, he was very disrespectful so maybe that's what so maybe that's why maybe that's why it didn't work out for him. All right, here we go. YouTube cracks down on the eldest Paul brother. Of course they did. Of course they cracked down on him. Him and his brother Jake. I'm ashamed of myself. I'm disappointed in myself. And I promise to be better. Right, right, right. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. He should consider himself lucky that Floyd Mayweather didn't, you know. I wonder if Floyd Mayweather knocked any sense into him because I don't because I'm not sure how many brain cells the guy has. I really don't. I don't care if he sues me for that comment. Go ahead. I don't care. You're a public figure there, Logan Paul. <laughs> I will be better. What? Right, right, right. Okay, here we go. While the Maverick faced substantial backlash for his actions, production company Plainless Pictures decided to sue him because of what happened afterward. Alongside other social media influencers, Logan was to star in Airplane Mode, which was then to be distributed by Google. Let's do it! 
However, the controversy pushed the film to be shelved. Which I have no idea what it's supposed to be about. And since it got shelved, and there's no point in uh, looking it up. And also, and also, if, if, if you guys may have heard a slight little sound effect coming in, that's because I, I was trying to cue something up, and it just, it, uh, it accidentally bled through. So here we go. And the deal was suspended. The Plainless Pictures company sued Paul for $3 million. Damn, $3 million. Well, you know, well, pretty sure he was probably able to pay that no problem, but still. I mean... I'm, I mean, I'm going to give you what I think should be done with him in a second, but let's just wrap this up. They claimed that Paul deliberately sabotaged their deal with his actions and controversial upload. Okay, I'm not sure if he deliberately sabotaged himself, but A, I don't think, A, he definitely should not have done it. Definitely not. And I think, I think Japan should just ban him outright from ever coming back to the country, ever. Him and his brother. Because I think it's a case of guilty by association. And I, I really don't understand Logan Paul. I don't understand his brother Jake Paul. I don't understand a lot of these people. There's, 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 there's only a select few that I kind of somewhat know of. And I've met maybe... J Excuse me. Uh, I've only met one person from YouTube, but, you know... Anyway, all right, what's, what's this? Where, where's it? Okay, okay. Uh, now on to the, okay, uh, now the other thing that I was going to, uh, uh, okay, okay. <clears throat> now the other thing that I was going to uh, uh, talk about here. The Tampa Bay Lightning are doing fantastic. They beat the Carolina Hurricanes the other night. Kicked him out of uh, kicked him out of the playoffs. They adv lightning advanced to the third round, and then they win this round. This means they go to the Stanley Cup. And I have been looking for this clip for years and years and years. And finally, 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 I was able to find it. Finally, I was I was I was able to track it down. This is the call from. June seventh, two thousand four, and 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 I was I was and and I remember Monday night. I'm I'm just hanging out, and I'm wondering to myself, with this being the anniversary of of the of the Lightning winning the Stanley Cup, I was wondering, you know, is is the Lightning Power Play radio station? Are they going to do something special to commemorate the occasion? And they in fact did. They replayed the entire game they replayed the whole thing uh uh, uh but they inserted some new uh, commercials in it i know which i have one and i'm gonna have uh but uh i'm not gonna play it just yet i'm probably gonna wait a little bit later on to play it because uh, i have somebody who wants to uh, comment on it and i do have a little bit of a correction i'd like to offer in regards to uh something i talked about a while ago on this program but nevertheless here is the call with 15 seconds left on the clock tampa bay calgary at the st pete times forum Twenty-two thousand two hundred seventeen fans were in attendance and me my dad my uncle we were all there and the place was just going nuts here's what that night sounded like Back to Monday, June seventh, two thousand four. Dave Mishkin and his radio partner Phil Esposito. Take it away, boys. 
What the? <laughs> okay. Take two. Here we go. 15 seconds left. He'll bobble it deep on the Calgary net. We've got 13 seconds left. Nielsen, a lead feed. Conroy up the middle and center. Kiprasov heading off. Conroy across the blue line. He's checked by Daryl Sador. Five seconds left. Puck loose in the far corner. Leopold lays it in front. Oh, Abby Ball knocks it away. One second left. A shot. Wide left. Yeah. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Tampa Bay, yes. The Lightning has won the Stanley Cup. The Lightning has won the Stanley Cup. How does this sound? Oh, the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Way to go, David. This is unbelievable. Yes. Win the Stanley Cup in Tampa Bay. And yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. The Lightning has done it. They beat the Calgary Flames in Game 7, 2-1. And they win the Stanley Cup. Oh my gosh! That 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 is just that that is awesome. That is just so freaking awesome, man. I love that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you know what? <laughs> I love it so much. I'm going to play it one more time. Here we go. Instant replay. 15 seconds left. He'll bobble it deep on the Calgary net. We've got 13 seconds left. Nielsen, a lead feed. Conroy up the middle and center. Kiprasov heading off. Conroy across the blue line. He's checked by Daryl Sador. Five seconds left. Puck loose in the far corner. Leopold lays it in front. Oh, Abby Ball knocks it away. One second left. A shot. Wide left. Yeah. It's over. It's over. Yeah. It's over. It's over. Tampa Bay, yes. The Lightning has won the Stanley Cup. The Lightning has won the Stanley Cup. How does this sound? Oh, the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Way to go, David. This is unbelievable. Yes. Win the Stanley Cup in Tampa Bay. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. The Lightning has done it. They beat the Calgary Flames in Game 7, 2-1. to one, And they win the Stanley Cup. Oh my gosh! And, and and I'll never I'll never forget I'll never forget the day after the day after everyone's celebrating, uh, and I'm listening to the radio. I'm listening to uh, 970 WFLA, which was uh, which which is the news station, and uh, the afternoon guy Todd Schnitt, who I you who I used to like growing up, but then as the years went by, I really started getting tired of him, and I re- and I really th- I really think. I really think he got lucky with not going to jail, but I'll get into that in a minute. Um, but but he was playing the clip, and uh, some guy called in the show, uh, and he says, Hey, uh, Schnitt, uh, are you sure you're not playing a Howard Dean's uh, Scream Drop? <laughs> Which, of course, is this. Uh, what the heck? Take two, which, which, you know, are you sure not playing the Howard Dean scream drop? Which, of course, is this. Yeah! That, yeah. And and even Schnitt was like, ah, yeah, they do kind of sound alike. But yeah, Todd Schnitt, man, he should really count his lucky stars. He's not in jail for committing arson, blatantly committing arson and getting away with it. Here's how he did it. Back in 2009, well, actually, no, in 2006 or so, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was like 2006, 
uh, what they wanted to do on the show was they wanted to demonstrate to the audience about how if you deep fry a turkey, you have to thaw it out before before you do it because if you don't, then it's just going to cause a big grease fire and it's going to cause a huge problem. So for the first couple of years when they did it, for some reason they could not get it. They were like like they like like they like they had this frozen bird and they put it in this thing and it just it, it, it wouldn't go. So in 2009 they get this they get this old van and they refurbish it to kind of look like someone's living room or like a house of some sorts. And they got this frozen turkey on a crane and they got this boiling vat of oil and they dunk the frozen turkey into the into the oil and of course it starts a fire uh there's this big cloud of black smoke uh people are calling 911 a fireman goes out to investigate and the guy slips as he's going to investigate and so you would think okay and also on the air he would also he would say on the air mind you we didn't pull a permit so he's basically admitting to guilt right there but long story short even after it was suggested that he get charged with something he didn't he got charged with basically nothing he gets a slap on the wrist and he ended up donating $10,000 to a charity when they deliberately set something on fire. Arson. That's a felony, man. Why he's not in jail is beyond me. I don't know. Well, in all fairness, it's Florida. It's Florida, and the legal system is all messed up any way you look at it. So there you go. Uh, I had to get some feedback. Uh, I had to get some feedback from my dad. Uh, <laughs> and if... Uh, uh, he said he enjoyed the uh, Don Imus bit. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, you really, uh, you're really setting the bar there, man. What do you mean I'm setting the bar? You're setting the bar really high, man. You're doing, uh, you're doing impersonations of dead guys, and uh, not only people know who you're talking about. So, uh, yeah. You should probably just, uh, move on with uh, whatever else you're going to talk about. Oh yeah, thank you. Definitely, we'll do it. As a matter of fact, uh, this this is uh, this is something I read, uh, heard about. Uh, there, there's there seems to be. Well, okay, wait. Okay, well, uh, I want to go back to the uh, the thing in regards to uh, Britt Reed. Uh, there 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 is uh, there's an update. Uh, he has to get one of those. Uh, uh, he has got one of those uh, devices that attaches to your car where if you've been convicted for a D DUI or a DWI, you got to blow into it before your car can start. And there's any alcohol detection. Well, you go nowhere. Congratulations. This inspired me to dig up uh, a couple of bits uh, about uh, alcoholics and uh, athletes and uh car accidents first you're going to hear mookie blaylock driving instructional dvd this is a bit i did oh eight years ago and this was back when uh, mookie blaylock he uh he uh, uh he caused a car accident so i did a thing about him then next uh i i just uh, um uh then uh then next i just threw in my bit about johnny manzel 
when uh, when he was partying more than he was interested in football. Just because, hey, look, it's sports-related. It's a guy who's imbibed alcohol and gets out of control with it. And then for the for the grand finale, uh, the latest offering in regards to uh, athletes and uh, horrible driving records, uh, Tiger Woods, Tiger's bad, uh, Tiger's bad legs. We'll follow that up. So I'll be back in. Let's see. Uh, I should be back in about five minutes or so, give or take. This is the Lawrence Ross Show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay tuned. Are you having trouble finding a good driving school for your teenager? Do you not trust the local driver's ed teacher at your high school? As they say here, you suck. Well, now there's hope with the brand new Mookie Blaylock Driving Instructional DVD. This instructional DVD will teach you everything you need to know with Mookie Blaylock as your narrator. First, we're going to learn the importance of backing out of the garage. You want to make sure that your homies didn't lay any of their shit out the night before. Damn, man! One of our flat screens is all busted now. Now I gotta go back to Sears and return it? I'm not paying for that shit. Because I'm motherfucking Mookie Blaylock, bitch. And as a special court-appointed bonus, Mookie has graciously agreed to give you a play-by-play of the night of his infamous car accident. Here's how this play goes down. You see me in the car. You see the dumb bitch ahead of me. She's obviously on a phone, probably talking to one of her stupid asshole friends or playing that angry bird's crap. And here I come, guns blazing. That bitch is dead. The Mookie Blaylock Driving Instructional DVD. Only in this country do they let blind people drive. Get yours today. Sour mix in a margarita? Five ingredients. Tequila, Cointreau, lime juice, ice, kosher salt. Damn drunky. Manzel's a flunky. Damn drunk ass monkey. Alcohol junkie. He signed with Cleveland, what a deal. He went to rehab and we thought it was for real. He played for the Browns, didn't show up much. He's in a bathroom, puking up his lunch. Yo, in the first round, he was the 22nd pick. Now he's on Instagram with groupies on his dick. He threw away all his fortune and fame. Why can't he be humble just like LeBron James? He used to run around supporting number two, but now all of Cleveland just says fuck you. He doesn't give a fuck about his health. And that's the story, kids, of Johnny Manziel. Damn drunky. Manziel's a flunky. Damn drunk ass monkey, alcohol junkie. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Hey, I'm sorry. I need to do a huge favor. Please take your name off your phone. My wife went to my phone. He was once the golfing champ. Yes, he ruled the green. Until 2009 Thanksgiving night My wife went to my phone His wife got mad and oh hot damn She fucked up his face As he pulled away she yelled out Fuck you Tiger's bad legs Can't control his ride It's true Tiger's bad legs Hey man hit the brakes He's hit a tree or two Throw away his golfing shoes Tiger's bad legs Think his career is His career is through Hitting a ball with a crooked stick And then Walking after it And then Hitting it again 
He had a thing for the ladies with big perky breasts. Now he's down and out and feeling lame. In 2017, he caught a DUI. SUVs and golf carts don't drive the same. Tiger's bad legs can't control his ride, it's true. Tiger's bad legs. Hey man, hit the brakes, he's hit a tree or two. Throw away his golfing shoes. Tiger's bad legs think his career is. His career's all through. My wife went to my phone and uh, maybe calling you just to have it as a number on the voicemail. Just have it as your telephone number. And say, okay, you gotta do this for me quickly. Alright, bye. Pulled him through the fragments of that smashed window pane. I wonder if he is actually blind. He really should just hang it up, he's pushing 45. All good things come to an end, yes it's true. Tiger's bad legs can't control his ride, it's true. Tiger's bad legs, hey man hit the brakes, he's hit a tree or two. Throw away his golfing shoes. Tiger's bad legs think his career is, his career's all through. The 45-year-old's injuries do not appear to be life-threatening. It is not clear tonight if the world's most accomplished golfer will play the sport he has defined for decades ever again. All right. And there it is. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, there you go. <laughs> ah, gosh, I had fun doing those. All right. 813-602-2715. And uh, let's see. What do I got here? Okay, this is... All right. All right. Let's save. Okay. All right, getting into some news here. Let's see, where's this one thing? No, no, no. Where's it? No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Right about this. And this, this, and even though this happened in Florida, this, this could easily, this could easily happen anywhere, man. Anywhere. This is about a guy who escaped from prison, but he did it in just 26 seconds. Wow. <laughs> hmm. All right. Here we go. Let, let's see what this is all about. Pinellas County Sheriff says someone hasn't escaped from his jail in 25 years. Yeah, it's a good record, 25 years, but the record was broken now. That's not good. Well, that changed 10 o'clock Wednesday morning when a guard stepped away for a brief moment. Uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. It was, it was, it was, it was that, one, that, one, that one moment when the guy stepped away. I mean, shouldn't they have had somebody else to watch him? Or was he the only guard at that time? You mean they couldn't know? Oh, wait. Hang on a minute. Hang on. Hang on. Let me consult my... Hang on. Let me consult my... I can't believe this. What happened, guys? Stand by. Are you going to tell me that the prison guard, he walked away 
and they couldn't find anybody else to man the station to make sure that this scumbag wouldn't escape prison? Are you telling me? Are you telling me? Are you kidding me? Hoo There's obviously some sort of incompetence going on over here. Must be the case. All right, continuing. A brief moment. He immediately went over and he used the door handle, he used the awning, and he used the conduit that you can see there in the photograph. To wait, wait, wait. He, hang on a second. How can, wait, wait, wait. How can he use the door handle? How can he use the door handle is my question. It's a door handle. I mean, like, wouldn't they deadbolt it? Like, like, like the door handle to his cell? Like, don't, like, don't they lock it up? What happened, man? What happened? What the heck happened here? <laughs> What's going on? Hoist himself up. 26 seconds was all it took for murder suspect Cody John Drow to get over the wall using his shirt to try and protect himself from the razor wire. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Trying to use his shirt to protect himself from the barbed wire. Hey, look, man, not for nothing, but that prison-issued uniform or whatever it is you got on, it's, it's, it's not going to stand a chance against very sharp razor wire man it's gonna go right through it it's it's probably and can you imagine what that would can you imagine what that would do if that went through him i mean i mean the guy got i mean the dude gets cut up pretty bad anyway but uh i'm not crying for him i mean you know the guy's a convicted murderer here we go uh continuing and back her up a little bit. There we go. The razor wire. He then scaled a second fence with more razor wire. Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. How many... Okay, hang on. How many fences does this place have? And how and how much razor wire did they invest in? I mean, couldn't they... I mean, couldn't they invest in a guard in a watchtower to shoot any and all perps trying to make a break for it? Or maybe sick the dogs on them? <laughs> Like in that say, like in like in that Jane's Addiction song, been caught stealing, <laughs> and led deputies on a chase before he was tased and tackled near a golf cart business. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, just just that you know, just that <laughs> just that happened near a golf cart business is just funny to me. Like I I I don't I'm like. <laughs> I, I I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, it's that, that's just unintentionally funny to me. So the guy, so the guy, so the guy's trying to make a break for it, and and obviously he gets tased, and it's it's right near it's right near a golf cart business. It's just I mean, like you know, it it, it could have happened anywhere, but still, continuing. This started in the rec yard of a maximum security area. Wait wait a second. <laughs> He was in the rec yard. So what was he doing? What exactly? What exactly was he doing? Was he doing push-ups? Was he doing pull-ups? Was he? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they do in the rec yard, in the recreation yard, in uh, in prisons. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, all friends like they're playing dodgeball, right? <laughs> it's like this is Shawshank Redemption, and uh, and you, know, you got Morgan Freeman pitching the softball <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> Which, by the way, I read that the next day, when the uh, um, the the day after they did that scene, since since it took like nine hours to film, Morgan Freeman showed up with his arm in a sling. So make so make that so make make with that what you will. Here we go. Where they are now reviewing and investigating their own security measures. Okay. Well. All right. Well, I would hope. 
I would hope this is what they're doing. You know, they should probably get some, I don't know. I don't know. How the, you know, how do, how does this happen? How did the guy just like walk, you know, how did, you know, what you know, what exactly did he do? Did he drug somebody in the prison yard or what 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 happened? How how exactly did this work out? All right, here we go. This is the first time I think in like 25 years that we've had this happen. So uh, I think you know we obviously run a, a safe jail. Uh, we are, we'll look at everything and make sure uh, it was kind of the perfect storm. John Dro is. It's kind of the perfect storm. Uh, maybe well, I mean, well, just you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe get some. I don't know. I don't know. Get some concrete enforced stuff. Maybe I, I, I don't know, guys. I don't know what to tell y'all. He's accused of murdering his nine-week-old son in Ohio. He was arrested in Polk County back in May. Oh, Polk County, Florida. Yep. <laughs> Pretty sure Sheriff Gritty Judd didn't take too kindly to him. U.S. Marshals are holding him here temporarily. Uh, he has spent several days in the Polk County Jail, spent several days in the Pinellas County Jail, jail didn't like jail, didn't like being in jail, and didn't want to go back to Ohio. And the only thing he said that his plan was is that he was going to take an Uber to Panama. Uh, what? 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 Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait a second now. Wait a second now. Okay. Hold on a second now. Hold on a minute now. Hang on. This is... Hold on a minute. Hang on. I want to... Hang on a second. Hold on. I Hang on. I got to look something up here. Oh. How much would an Uber cost from Pinellas County, Florida to Panama? Sorry, I can't get that information. All right. Well, hang on. Just for argument's sake. Well, you know. Okay. I got to figure that. Well, I mean, is is he. Well, my question is, is he referring to. Like, he's referring to Panama, Florida, like Panama City, Florida, or just Panama? What does he want to do? What does he. What does this guy want to do? Hang around near the Panama Canal for the rest of his life? And what caused him to kill his, you know, and, and, and what killed, what caused him to kill his nine-week-old son? The sheriff says the focus is not charging him for the escape, but rather getting him out of Florida and back to Ohio to face the more serious murder of his infant son. It can't happen fast enough, as far as I'm concerned. Get him out. There you go, yeah. Out of here. Yeah, totally. All right, uh, what else is left in here? Hey, you can see in that picture, the razor wire cut him up pretty badly. Had to have 80 stitches. Cynthia, the sheriff, says tonight here in jail, he is in a single stall or single cell by himself and that um, he's not going to be allowed in the rec area. No more outdoor time. <laughs> yeah, that'll learn him. That'll learn him. Solitary confinement and 80 stitches. 80 stitches. Good. Hope he bled while that happened. Scumbag killing your own son what the hell man what the hell is wrong with people killing their own kids and then he tries to make a break for it man that's just that's just crazy people are just crazy these days man they, they really are all right let's see what's this here okay oh man here's here's man okay uh okay uh, here's a real quick, uh, let's see, five, uh, here's one about a guy who he's connected with another murder after he just got life in prison. So looks like he's, so I don't know if he's going to serve, 
another life sentence in regards to that, but he won't be able to because he'll just die in prison anyway. Uh, let's get into this real quick, and then i got to go into the interlude. It was just two weeks ago that Dwayne McGriff was convicted of murder for killing the owner of a car wash in Tampa. I wonder why he killed him. Like, what was the guy overcharged in regards to his, uh, 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 in regards to uh, his vehicle getting the uh, the squeegee treatment, or uh, or just, or just was he just mad and just was bloodthirsty and just wanted to kill the guy for no reason? He was sentenced to life in prison for that, as he should be. But apparently, prosecutors aren't finished with McGriff. He's now facing a new murder charge. Fox 13's Gloria Gomez explains how both murders are connected and how both victims are related. Uh oh. He told me he loved me before he died. Ashley Mobley is still healing over the cold blooded murder of her fiance, Dave George, telling her four children was even harder. Daddy got hurt today. And my oldest, he's like, Yeah, mommy, I know. Is he okay? And I was like, No. Daddy's an angel now. Dave owned a popular car wash on East Lake Avenue in Tampa. But on April 4th, 2018, at 11.30 in the morning, Dave was gunned down by someone he knew, Dwayne McGriff. This grainy surveillance video shows McGriff riding up on his bike to the detail shop, stopping next to the gray truck and quickly riding off. Ashley was on the phone with Dave moments before the shooting. He's telling me I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go, I love you, I love you, I gotta go. McGriff was convicted and sentenced to life in prison last month. As he should be, continuing. Prosecutors aren't done with him yet. He now faces a second murder charge for the death of Dave's cousin, Elvin Joseph. They say he killed Joseph between 2016 and 2017. Oh, man. So so I wonder, I wonder why, you know, I'm just curious as to why it took so long for them to prosecute him in regards to that because i'm pretty because i'm pretty sure if they got him on that then dave george would probably still be with us i think i don't know a year before he gunned down dave at his car wash ashley says mcgriff thought dave and elvin were snitches in the neighborhood and wanted revenge wow man what is up with this guy this 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 guy's no good he de- he deserves to be in jail for the rest of his life he assumed Dave and his cousin, Elvin Fathead, had told on him. Ashley says she never missed one day of Dave's murder trial and will do the same for his cousin. She says the days of McGriff terrorizing the neighborhood and her family are over. Every breath you take, that's a breath that you took from Dave. That's a breath that my kids don't have with their dad. Gloria Gomez, Fox 13 News. Wow. Man. Man, people are man. People are just, ugh. People are just. Oh my gosh, there 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 really isn't all that much to say, man. People are just crazy. People are fucked up. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. All right, coming up after the interlude, got a little thing about Atari because Atari's coming back. Got something from the Weird History Channel about those guys, and uh, and some other stuff. So stay with me, folks. This is the Lawrence Ross Show on TF52.com, RadioChaos.net, and on your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or you can ask your smart speaker. You can ask your Amazon Echo. You can probably ask your Google Assistant. Just say, play the Lawrence Ross Show, and you got the, yep, and you got all, and you get the archives, man. Back after this. Thanks for listening, everybody. 
He doesn't have a license to drive. Only in this country do they let blind people drive. He's never even driven a Titleist. Those clubs don't care whether they're striking a Titleist or Dr. Ted Nelson's skull. What in the hell? This is the Lawrence Ross Show. You suck! Maybe he's blind. He doesn't know what he looked like. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. But he does see character. Oh, why don't you take this dog and have the dog drag your blind ass around town? This is the Lawrence Ross Show. April gave us springtime. 
The Lawrence Ross Show. How's it going, everybody? That was Jackson Brown with Dr. My Eyes. Now this is Pieces of April by Three Dog Night. Uh, this is wussy music. <laughs> yeah, really. This sucks. Change it. Plays like coal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, guys, there actually was, believe it or not, like four years ago, there was a giraffe named April. Uh, okay. <laughs> and she got pregnant a couple of times. Whoa, really? <laughs> yeah. That means she puts out. <laughs> April the giraffe's a slut. <laughs> Just like Beavis's mom. Shut up, fart knocker! <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> Leave us. Your mom is a slut. And that's why you will never score. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I remember the local Fox affiliate just like, it seemed like every other day or like every, like every day, it seemed like every day and like almost like Every couple of hours or so, I get a notification in my news feed. It would say, Fox 13 is live. And I click on it, and it says something like, April the Giraffe still has not given birth. And I'm like, after a while, I'm like, hey, Fox 13, why don't you let me know when she farts for crying out loud, all right? <laughs> I mean, come on. Jeez. All right. 813-602-2715 if you'd like to get a hold of me tonight. Love to hear from you. And uh, heard about this new trend, and it's gonna lead to me play. Oh, <clears throat> it's gonna be, and it's gonna lead to be playing my uh, Tesca Brown song that I did a couple of months ago, because it ties in. The new trend, evidently, is people are now putting ketchup in their hair. I guess I, I don't know exactly why. There must be some sort of like chemical thing or something. I I, I honestly don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get like putting like other than like hair care products in your hair. That should be the only thing that should be in there. That's it. Because I, I don't know. I mean, like like ketchup, like no. And there's this guy, Big Ed. I think that's what he's known as. I think he's from 90 Day Fiance, I think. And he and uh I think he put mayonnaise in his hair, and I honestly don't get it, but uh, I hear that, and all I can think of is that uh, woman who, earlier this year, she was doing her hair, and she claimed that she was going to get uh, this Gorilla Gorilla Glue spray, but she actually got the Gorilla Glue, the actual glue by mistake, and put in her hair, and like $20,000 later, and she posted on TikTok, and all of a sudden, I guess everybody, I guess everybody just went nuts over it. And uh, well, here's uh, well, here's my song about that. It's it's to the tune of Bad 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 Leroy Brown. Back in about a uh, minute forty. After I do my hair to keep it all in place, I use the got to be glue spray. But after I didn't have any more of that, I'm running all over trying to figure out something. And when I went past the refrigerator, it was right there. Well, on TikTok, there's a user who's nothing but a fucking clown. Gorilla glue in her hair, fucked up beyond repair, and her name's Tessica Brown. Now Tessica, she's a phony, I think she got too much support. 
She's just a careless schmuck, I just don't give a fuck I think she's an attention whore Well she's fucking Tessica Brown Just another no talent clown Wanna smash my iPhone screen Only looking for her 15 Now Tessica has an agent She got famous for being a fool now I'm not saying she's ugly, but holy jeez, keep her out of the damn gene pool. Well, she's fucking Tessica Brown, just another no-talent clown. Wanna smash my iPhone screen, only looking for her 15. Well, she's fucking Tessica Brown, just another no-talent clown. Wanna smash my iPhone screen Only looking for her 15 I wanna smash my iPhone screen Only looking for her 15 Is that a hair gel? Yeah I just ran out Lawrence Ross Show, hope you guys enjoyed that And uh, yes So that, that's, so, yeah listen to the radio today and i heard about that and i uh, just that's all i could think of was just uh, tesca brown putting the uh, gorilla glue in her hair which i still think she intentionally did by the way my opinion of that has not changed all right oh oh hang on i want to bring him in here real quick uh ladies and gentlemen uh hang on bring him in here all right andrew come on in here man Test. Oh, okay. Okay. I got uh, Andrew Dice Clay here. And uh, there's a commercial that's been running during the Tampa Bay Lightning games. And I captured it the other night. It's for uh, Chick-fil-A. They got this new spicy... Uh, uh, they got this new chicken sandwich. And there's one part in the commercial that I'm pretty sure... Uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, Dice, I'm pretty sure you're gonna you're just going to have a field day with. All right, let's hear this commercial here. All right, here we go. Wait, hang on, let me get my stuff here. Hang on, turn that up. But uh, let's see, turn that here. Okay, there we go. I just named the uh, knob turned up. All right, here we go. Take two. Hey, my name is James, and a little thing I love about Chick-fil-A's Grilled Spicy Deluxe is the first bite, you get a little kick of spice, and then that cilantro and lime sauce that kind of balances things out. Just delicious. Yeah, good for you, soldier. Okay. All right, Dice. All right, Dice. Pay attention. Here comes uh, 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 here comes the next customer's testimonial. Listen up. Hey, I'm Amber. Hello there, honey. You sound like a nice girl. A little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A new Grilled Spicy Deluxe is how well all of the ingredients complement each other. Hey, pretty mu- Hey, wait a minute. Hey, honey, honey, listen to yourself. You're basically just parroting what the other guy just said. Yeah, just, uh, just, 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 this is a little, there's a little bit more left here, man. It's so good. I, like, bob my head side to side, dancing while I eat. You bob your head while you eat it. You ever seen a Nubian queen eat a banana? Oh! I'm over here now. All right, thank you, sir. I would just like to inform everybody right now uh, that the views and opinions of Andrew Dice Clay do not necessarily reflect those of the Lawrence Ross Show, uh, TF52.com, RadioChaos.net, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or uh, uh, or your or, or or your smart speaker. <laughs>
Oh, jeez. What? Yeah, what, uh, what is it, Stewie? My God, man, do you hear yourself? What? You're talking to yourself, man. You're, you're, you're doing a disclaimer when the disclaimer's not really necessary. It's just you doing a voice, man. Or several voices, I should say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. I want to get to uh, this. Uh, <clears throat> so I heard about this a uh, couple... Uh, uh, heard about this last week. I just uh, didn't get to it. Uh, but uh, Atari is coming out with a brand new uh, system. And when I say brand new, I mean they're, they're, they're basically re-releasing the console, I guess. But it's going to be all updated. It's going to have like a wireless controller. You're going to be able to play like Asteroids and like Missile Command and Space Invader and all that stuff. But you can play Pong on this one. But I wonder if you're going to be able to play the infamous E.T. video game. Now, the E.T. video game, and I'd heard about this for years... That the game, that what happened was they made so many ports of the game. They made more ports than there was, the, uh, uh, than there were Atari systems. And the game sold so poorly that it was rumored for years and years that Atari took all copies and buried them out in a landfill in Arizona. And then in 2000, well, 2014, well, I don't want to say anything else because I want to get into this. From the Weird History Channel. Here and uh, here we go. Let's have some fun with this one. Atari Inc. was an American video game company. It radically redefined what the United States thought of video games in the 1970s and 80s. Atari was founded by Nolan Bushnell and Ted Dabney in 1972. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was... I, you know, I, I did not know that it was founded all the way back in 1972. Another thing I didn't know is that back in the day, Nintendo, before they even had video games, I think they were a card trading company. I think if I remember right. Anyway, continuing. And its importance in the history of gaming cannot be overstated. Yeah, because it, 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 revo it revolutionized, you know, what, what home entertainment systems were, basically. And, you know, you, you, take a, you take a look at the graphics of, say, like Pong today, and you look at it today and it's very primitive and it's very you know it's it's very very slow it's very it's it it you know it, the graphics really don't you know like like the graphics the gameplay it's just it's like you look at it today and it's it's a far cry from what we have today not now it's now it's like all you got to do is just get a console that has a little camera attached to it and and with the and with the right settings you can basically put yourself right in the game the company birthed the video game arcade cabinet and the modern video game industry as we know it. Atari initially began its life as a video game company called Syzygy. If you're unfamiliar with that word, it means a pair of connected or corresponding things. Huh, that's an interesting word. In this case, it was a reference to the two founders' connection. Both Bushnell and Dabney had been working with a manufacturing company named Nutting Associates to pioneer a standalone computer and screen inside a cabinet that would be linked to a coin slot that would allow a player to go on an adventure for 25 cents a try. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> and, you know, for, for that, you know, back, you know, back then, I mean, that, 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 that was revolutionary. Now, now it's like, now it's like, now it's like you go to an arcade. It's like, now it's like they want like 50 cents, basically 50 cents, 75 cents, however, however much it is. I, I haven't been to an arcade in a long time. Arcades are fun, man. 
Ultimately, they reached an impasse with nutting associates and partnered with Ballet Manufacturing to produce video game cabinets and pinball games. Bushnell and Dabney's partnership proved to be successful, and they continued to produce games and products for Ballet. In fact, they offered Ballet their next product, a video game named Pong. Yeah, Bally Pinball. I've, I've, I've heard of that. Ooh. And, and then try to offer him Pong, and then let's find out what happened here. Bally, however, was not interested. Huh. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? So, so, so they helped out with pinball, <laughs> like a boxy pinball kind of a deal, like with, uh, like with Tommy Walker from the album The Who. No, no I'm sorry. Uh, from the album Tommy from The Who. <laughs> and, uh, then, and, then, and then they tried to offer Pong, and Bally was like, no thanks, which is kind of weird. But uh, Tommy from The Who, great album. And ba- basically, it's, it's a story of this guy. His name is Captain, Walk- uh, Captain Walker. And he's in World War I. And while he's, away in, uh, while he's away, his wife gives birth to a son named Tommy. And he's not around to see the birth. So, but, he, he, but eventually, he comes home. He sees his son, and then no. Wait, so that so so what happens is, seven years later, Tommy is watching through the mirror. He's 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 he's, he's watch he's watching his mom make love to this. There's this this other other man because she's moved on, and all of a sudden, Captain Walker he comes home, he sees what's happening, and he takes a lamp, and he just. Beats the living daylights out of this guy. He kills him. And Tommy sees it all. And his parents say to him, you didn't see that. You didn't hear that. You don't know of it happening. And then next thing you know, he goes deaf and blind. And then he starts getting taken advantage of by his cousin, Kevin, who physically abuses him. Not sexually, but he physically tortures him. uh, Like, uh, like, uh, like. Uh, like uh, putting uh, tax in his seat, glass in his dinner, just, 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 just really, just really horrible stuff. Just like totally, just totally, totally mistreating this poor kid. And for Christmas one year, he gets a boxy pinball machine and he starts playing with it, and he becomes really good at it. But over the course, his parents are trying all these miracle cures. Like they drop him off at this acid queen. She gives him something. And it doesn't work. And then the family wonders, should we leave the boy with Uncle Ernie because he's drunk? And they decide, all right, let's leave him. And it turns out that Uncle Ernie is a child molester. And then it goes into the song Pinball Wizard, which everybody knows, which is a classic. And then then, then they find a cure somehow. Or, or at least they think it's a cure. And so... Tommy somehow builds up this following of all these disciples, and he, he he falls for this one chick, Sally Simpson. And then next thing you know, he 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 built he builds his own little he builds his own little like clubhouse kind of a deal, and he invites all of his disciples to play pinball, but he wants them to play pinball just like him. And then everyone revolts. Everyone's like, no, we're not going to be just like you. We're done. We're not doing this. So there you go. That That is the album Tommy in a Nutshell by The Who. So go check that out if you want to. It's, it's really good. Continuing. 
And so Bushnell and Abney built their own Pong machine and set it up in a local Walgreens to see if it would attract an audience. Huh, I didn't know this where they dropped it off. They, they tried out the Walgreens and think, all right, all right, let's see what this can do. And then it, uh, it turned out really well for them. Fantastic. And boy, did it ever. Pong was so successful, they put cabinets in a variety of local bars and restaurants. There you go. Smart marketing on their end. Each machine was earning about $400 a week. Oh, my God. $400 a week? So you got to figure out, okay, let's see, 25 cents. Uh, let me do a quick math here. Uh, hey, Alexa, what's 400 divided by 0.25? 1,600. Wow. So, wow. So, that's there's 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 a lot. Yeah, there's. Wow. So there's a lot of uh, so there's a lot of quarters going to those machines, man. People must really, you know, you know, people must really want to be looking at that screen so they hit the little button so that so the little ball can go boop 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 boop. <laughs> In 1972, the duo incorporated Atari Inc. Bushnell had thought long and hard about the name of their new company. All of the names he was considering were derived from the game Go. Atari is the positioning of stones when they're in the most danger of being captured. Huh, that's interesting. Think of it as the game's version of The Last Stand, when things are the most dangerous. By 1973, Nolan had hatched a plan for how to divide and conquer the gaming world. As video games started to slowly gain prominence, pinball cabinets were everywhere, having been an institution for decades. The issue with them, though, was that pinball distributors were very proprietary and wanted exclusive rights to games when Atari pitched them. So how did Bushnell get around this issue? Well, Bushnell started a side company with his next-door neighbor, Joe Keenan, titled Key Games. Atari would sell a pinball game. Then they'd change the name, and Joe Keenan would go and sell it to another pinball distributor. Huh. Well, that's something. That's, that's kind of weird. Basically, they were making twice the money for their efforts. Oh, they're, oh, smart thing on their end. This was the catalyst to allow Joe Keenan to become promoted to Atari president. So far, so good. Steven Spielberg, as we all know, is arguably the most successful commercial film director of all time. Jaws, Saving Private Ryan, E.T., Poltergeist, uh, Animaniacs. Oh my gosh, his 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 resume has so much stuff on there, man. It's it's hard to keep it's hard to keep it all straight. It really is, man. Although I will say this, the only the only real clunker that I've really seen from him was AI, artificial intelligence. And I know that's I know that's uh, Stanley Kubrick's kind of a thing because he worked on it and then he passed away and then uh, Spielberg took over. <clears throat> Excuse me, and. I remember, I remember I saw that movie, AI, and I came out of the theater, I'm like, wow, that movie really sucked. It's just like, it was so strange. Like, it's about a boy who, he's like a robot, sort of, he's, he's like, he's like a robot, and that's pretty much all I can really remember. And I know Chris Rock has like a brief, brief cameo in the movie, and that's about it, but other than that, I couldn't really think of anything else. Other than other than that, the kid was played by Haley Joel uh, uh, Haley Joel Osman, who was in The Sixth Sense, and he was also in Forrest Gump too, towards the end of the film. But nevertheless, continuing. After rising through the ranks of New Hollywood, he crafted one of the most successful films ever, E.T. 
The Extraterrestrial. From 1982 with Drew Barrymore. In today's world, it's somewhat difficult to comprehend just how looked down upon genre filmmaking was in the 60s and 70s. Much of that changed thanks to Spielberg. He took ideas like aliens and abnormally sized animals and evolved them from schlocky exploitation stories into emotionally resonant human tales that captured a generation's heart. Yeah, you know, kind of make them, you know, make them a little bit more personable, you know? Instead of that whole thing of, you know, we mean no harm to your planet, you know, that whole thing. (laughs) You know, make them, you know, make the character somewhat sympathetic, you know? You know, put him in the little basket with Ellie. E.T. Phone home. The glowing finger, and then there's that one scene where he's drunk by the sewer and he's all purple. <laughs> I've I've only heard of that scene. I've 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 never <clears throat> I've never seen the entire movie. I've only seen clips of it. And I've heard it's a cute movie. I just haven't seen the whole thing yet. His film E.T. is widely credited with normalizing science fiction for an entire generation. It took And then in 2002, they did some sort of remake. And actually, we found out on South Park, there was, there was a scene where it shows the kids and they're getting to watch the movie. And the, uh, 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 and the preview guy comes on and he goes, Coming this summer to theaters, it's the re-release of E.T. The, wa- the walkie-talkies have been changed with guns and... <clears throat> And an extraterrestrial has been changed. And the word extraterrestrial has been changed to persons from a different planet. So it's much much more politically correct. (laughs) Sort of thing. And what I heard was Steven Spielberg. He was was, was actually honored. He was honored to be considered a villain in South Park. He was like, oh my gosh, guys, I love this. And uh, and he was also featured on an episode of Celebrity Deathmatch where he took on Alfred Hitchcock. And, and and Spielberg actually wrote a letter to MTV saying, hey, man, I want a rematch against Alfred Hitchcock. And, hey, thanks for putting me in the show, man. I really loved that. I thought it was funny. But uh, can I get a rematch against him? <laughs> the ideas of alien invaders and space travel and flipped it on its head. Spielberg created a cinematic world where the alien wasn't your enemy, but your long-lost best friend. And with that emotional intimacy came merchandising, Hmm. which is how we'll eventually get E.T., the extraterrestrial, the video game. All right. Atari released an individual home gaming console in 1977. It was dubbed the Atari VCS initially. Later, it would be renamed to the Atari 2600. Nice. The 2600 was originally priced at $199 and shipped with two joysticks and the game Combat. Atari initially sold around 375,000 units. 1978 didn't go quite as well. Atari, anticipating a massive uptick in sales, manufactured 800,000 units. However, people weren't flocking to the gaming system. And by the end of 1978, there were only 550,000 units sold. Oh, man. Up until this point, all the games being produced for the Atari gaming system had been programmed and created in-house. In an effort to try and mix things up, they decided to branch out and bring in third-party developers. Hey, you gotta start somewhere, right? Exactly. The gaming industry was still basically controlled... Just like this show! Oh, shut up! Dick. ...by Atari at this point, even though there were new competitors popping up here and there. In fact, Activision, who made legendary games such as Kaboom and Pitfall, was one of the third-party developers they contracted with to produce games. Huh, that's interesting. 
Activision was... Hey, if you can't beat them, join them. ...founded by four ex-Atari employees. That's how quickly the market was expanding. Wow! Man, isn't that something? Isn't that something? So you got these cats working at Atari, then they jump ship, and then they go to the competitor... And then they and and then and then Atari reaches out to the competitor and says, "Hey, uh, let's make some games together." It's like and 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 they got these four four former employees from Atari. It's like, "Hey, good to see you guys again, huh?" Yeah, sure. Atari started snapping up licenses to popular arcade games and porting them over to the 2600. Pac-Man, which was developed by Namco, sold close to 10 million dollars worth of cartridges. Pac-Man Fever. Atari found their blueprint. Find licenses that people were familiar with, make them into games, and then sit back and let the cash roll in. Ah, yes. Heading into the 1982 holiday season, Atari gained a license that they thought was going to be their golden goose. E.T., the extraterrestrial. <laughs> Howard Scott Warshaw was selected to program the game, and he was the closest thing Atari had to a sure thing. After graduating from Tulane University, Warshaw was hired by Hewlett-Packard, where he worked as a multi-terminal systems engineer. However, in 1981, he was hired by Atari to work as a game designer and programmer. Warshaw's first big success at Atari was the game Yar's Revenge. Yar's Revenge? I've never heard of that game. Originally, it was intended to be a refit of the arcade game Star Castle, but Warshaw turned it into something entirely more unique. The game became a story about mutated houseflies fighting alien invaders. Okay, that's really weird. <laughs> mutated houseflies fighting alien invaders. What the? <laughs> what the heck is this? This is like that. Uh, the mutated housefly. Is it like the fly where the guy swaps his DNA with the fly and he basically becomes the fly-looking thing? Is 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 that what this is? <laughs> I only only heard about that. I initially heard about that on The Simpsons because they did a Halloween parody of that, where uh, where where, you know, where where Bart where Bart swaps his DNA with a fly. <laughs> it's really weird. Anyway, from there he was chosen to adapt the iconic Spielberg movie Raiders of the Lost Ark into a video game. That game, ah, no pressure. Game was a massive success. All right, so you think, okay, all right. So he's he's already got a good one under his belt with Raiders of the, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know this this ET thing should be a piece of cake. In fact, Raiders was the first video game based on a movie. How? Oh, I did not know that. No, that Raiders was the first video game based on a movie. Excuse me. Wow. Howard was on fire. He was the best designer at the best video game company at that time. E.T., the extraterrestrial, should have been a no-brainer. It should have been, but it didn't. I mean, it wasn't. Let's find out why. Let's, let, let, let's find out why it stunk up the joint. The task that Atari had handed to Warshaw was nothing less than Herculean. This wasn't a project that would be served to him on a silver platter. E.T. was a delicate high-wire act. The film was a massive success, and the game's deadline was just shy of inhuman. <laughs> E.T. the game needed to be programmed in six weeks to fulfill its holiday release deadline. Oh, man. Wow. No pressure. You only got six weeks to do it. You can knock this out in 42 days, can't you, man? I mean, I mean, I mean, he had such great success with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Cer certainly it'll work out, right? Right? <laughs> Evidently, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, 
as they say, lightning doesn't lightning does not strike twice in the same place. Oh darn it! <laughs> I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> and I had the volume turned down anyway, so it's not like you really missed anything. A cash-strapped Atari also really needed this game to be a hit. Oh man, what the heck happened? <laughs> Why'd they run out of money so quickly? <laughs> oh jeez, what's uh, what went wrong, guys? What went wrong? Bad. I mean, really bad. In the game you play as E.T. as he attempts to navigate. They needed a bailout and they didn't get it. Okay, let let let's let's go over the intricate the intricacies of the game and see what ha and, and see how good it is. As he attempts to navigate various fields, that various bad. In the game you play as E.T. as he attempts to navigate various fields that are riddled with sunken potholes. The player has to attempt to not fall into the holes. If they do, well, then they have to use E.T.'s alien abilities to attempt and fly out of them. That's pretty much the game. All right. I mean, it sounds easy, but I imagine, but 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 I imagine the execution just had to be just incredibly tough. Believe it or not, Warshot did the impossible. He made it happen. The game met its deadline and was released for the holiday season rush. And it sucked. But his efforts were all in vain. The game was critically lambasted. No one liked it. Most everyone found it exceedingly difficult to play. Pointless with no story, and it was too loosely connected to the film. The game became the biggest commercial failure in video game history. Since then, E.T. has been christened the worst game of all time. Ouch! Really? Man, it gets that distinction? Wow! Oh, man! Wow! 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 Great move, guys! Great move! To add insult to injury, it didn't help that in 1983, the video game market crashed. It crashed and almost ended, by the way, I think. It was, it was almost over, baby. In Japan, it was informally referred to as the Atari Shock. In short, it was a large-scale recession that set in across the video game world. The Atari Shock lasted from 1983 to 1985. And then, next thing you know, Nintendo popped up with Super Mario Brothers, and the rest is history. Factors contributing to the crash were market saturation, the number of gaming consoles, and the waning interest in consoles versus the renewed interest in personal computers. This wave of contracting business, coupled with the major defeat that was E.T., decimated Atari, and the company was put up for sale. A legend began to swirl through the back alleys of the gaming world that said, in September of that year, Atari supposedly took 14 truckloads of cartridges out to the New Mexico desert and dumped them into a landfill. Oh, jeez. Man, how embarrassing is that? So, so, so in September of 1983... Bunch of guys supposedly took 14 trucks worth of ET cartridges and just supposedly dumped them off in a landfill in New Mexico. Wow! This tale has persisted as an urban legend among the gaming community for decades. I actually heard about that. I think, I think, I think my friend Thomas told me about that initially. Eventually, Atari was sold to Commodore founder Jack Tramiel. It limped along for a little while and then was officially shut down. Commodore. I mean, I've heard of Commodore, uh, Commodore, but never played it. Only had a Nintendo, a Sega, a Nintendo 64, a PlayStation 2, and an Xbox 360. Never had a Commodore. <laughs> never had one of those deals. So, the question is, was it real? Did Atari truck literal tons of ETs out to the desert? 
In 2014, X-Men 2 and Hulk screenwriter Zach Penn set out to answer this question definitively. He produced and directed a documentary titled Atari Game Over about his quest to get to the bottom of what was in that New Mexico landfill. The film was first announced on December 19th, 2013. <laughs> Atari Game Over. That, that's, that's a pretty interesting thing. And I, I wonder... And, 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 and I wonder, I wonder if at the very end of the, uh, wonder if at the very end of the credits, I wonder if this plays. Penn and his team worked on it for years. They tracked down all the original Atari employees, including the creatives, and conducted many, many, many fan interviews. Oh my gosh, I wonder how they did that. Everyone had a different answer. Even the official records were spotty. Nobody could say what really happened. Eventually, Zach Penn arranged to excavate the landfill to see if there were actual E.T. cartridges at the bottom. Oh my goodness. A group traveled out to the Almogordo, New Mexico landfill on April 26, 2014. Celebrities were even in attendance. Ernest Cline, author of Ready Player One, Nolan Bushnell, Howard Scott Warshaw, and legions of fans. The dig lasted roughly three hours, but at the end of it, they did indeed find the E.T. cartridges at the bottom of the landfill. Wow. So I wonder so I wonder what happened after that. Like I like I like I wonder like I wonder if anyone like wanted to grab one for like their own personal like things like like frame and go, hey man, I was at that, you know, I was at that landfill, man. And that's where it was, right at the bottom, man. I told you, man. I wonder I wonder where Steven Spielberg was in all this. Okay. Okay, I got uh Okay, I got like 20 minutes left of the show, and, no, I'm sorry, I got like 30, no, you know, I got like 27 minutes left of the show, and I only got two stories left, ooh, what am I going to do? Eh, I'll think of something. All right, um, <clears throat> all right, well, uh, well, uh, I want to play this, and then I got uh, a thing explained from uh, YouTube, uh, this is about something that's happening in florida and this this just this this is just a very uh uh let me just say this get your nose plugs ready ladies and gentlemen because uh, you're probably gonna need them it's a story about dead fish in regards to uh red tide here we go on the waters of tampa bay brad johnson spots a worrisome sign a fair number of dead fish mainly small fish. We've been seeing them for the last week. Around Bishop Harbor, continuing north to Port Manatee and Piney Point, a trail of dead fish. The sail catfish gulped for air before dying. Nope. Oh, man. Nobody likes to see uh, dead anything for no reason, um, for no good reason. From <laughs> wait, wait a second. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a minute. The guy says nobody likes to see anything dead, and then he says... For no good reason. Wait, hang on. I got to replay that. Good reason. From residents to the, from residents dying. Nobody likes to see uh, dead anything for no, no reason. No, wait, hang on. Uh, fish gulp for air before dying. Nobody likes to see uh, dead anything for no reason. Um, for no good reason. What? Wait a second. Wait a second. No. For no good reason. What? Is this guy a hunter or something? What if he's a hunter? I don't know. 
Stand by. From residents to those who make a living off these waters, there's concern excess nutrients from the 215 million gallons of Piney Point wastewater that was dumped into Tampa Bay will fuel a red tide balloon. I don't know if it come in from the outside or if it's what's developed from the spill, but there's definitely something killing a lot of fish around Ugh. the Fort Manatee area. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine what that must smell like, coupled with the insane humidity that is uh, Florida. As a matter of fact, hang on a minute. I just, hang on, I just do a quick little assessment here. Uh, let's see. Let's go with, okay, so let's see. Manatee. So, okay, I'm going to say Palmetto as an example because Palmetto is where one of my grandmas used to live. Stand by. <clears throat> hey, Alexa. Current weather in Palmetto, Florida. Eighty-four degrees with sunny skies. So let's see, uh, Alexa. Current humidity level in Palmetto, Florida. Let's see what that is. Sixty-seven percent. So couple that with what a dead fish smells like, and it is not good. It, it it does it it does not it does not smell like anything good. Hold on a minute. Yeah, Jim, come on in, man. Yeah, I just want to comment on that real quick. I'm pretty sure that has to smell like fish guy at work. You know what I'm talking about when it comes to fish guy. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Exactly, the guy who microwaves fish the day after in the break room at work. Get out! He's cooking fish. That's right. All right. Thank you, Jim. You're welcome. Rod Griffin is a commercial fisherman. Rod around the Port Manatee area. Rod Griffin is a commercial fisherman. Hold on a minute. Hey, Stewie, do you know uh, Rod Griffin? No, man. I don't know Rod Griffin. You bastard. Just because my last name is Griffin doesn't mean I don't know everybody. Doesn't mean I know everybody named Griffin. Douchebag. Each dead mullet he passes gives him a bad feeling. <laughs> a dead, yeah, a mullet. <laughs> that just, I don't know why, but just for some reason, the, the fish day mullet has always been very, I don't know, has, has been unintentionally kind of humorous to me. Because it's named after, it's named after this redneckish hairstyle. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy is what it is continuing mullet is probably 35 percent of our annual income in our commercial fishing so i hate to see the mullet floating this time of year because it, it's going to make for a bad winter for us Over the oh. hold on hey you're on the air hello you're on the air Lawrence Ross, please. Yeah, this is him. Lawrence Ross, your former teacher at Riverview High School. Yeah, Mr. Sheely, how's it going, man? Hey, I saw you. We're going to be live on the Facebook, and I said, I'll give this young man a try. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, man. I know that I... Uh, um, uh, uh, I was on Facebook Live only for I'd say like 15 minutes or so because you know trying to conserve the uh, you know the battery on my phone and all that other uh, fun stuff, man. But uh, what's been happening with you, man? Thanks for uh, checking out the uh, program tonight, man. Hey, how are you? Hey, are you still in Kansas? 
Yes, sir. Still in Leavenworth, Kansas, trying to get out of Kansas. <laughs> well, how many prison jobs are available in that city? <laughs> Gosh, you know, you know, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> that's if uh, you know. Uh, I don't want to be working at a prison, you know, because because uh, because because I uh, um, uh, cause, uh, because earlier tonight I covered a story in regards to uh, something happened in uh, Pinellas County where 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 a convicted murderer got out of the got out of a maximum security prison in just twenty six seconds. That's some pretty good security. <laughs> now. What did they give him the key and say, you know, we'll turn around and you uh, get on out of here? <laughs> what in the world? Well, 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 from, from what I can gather is what I gather is he was out in the recreation yard. I don't know what he was doing, but 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 he somehow uh, but he somehow found a door and he was able to clear that. You know, he's able to get past the door. Then he tries to climb the wall. And, of course, he encounters the razor wire and he gets all cut up and he gets like 80 stitches there. And and the guy and the guy and the guy well, <clears throat> well he's a real scumbag because the guy killed his nine week old son and uh, uh, he just yeah real bad egg man so uh, yep wow. yep yep that's question for you yeah go ahead do you remember and you might be too young do you remember when Hank Earl Carr went on his uh, killing spree that day in Tampa Florida May nineteenth nineteen ninety eight Eight. That was a Tuesday, and 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 something, and something, and and something, and something heard about years later. Supposedly, supposedly during, supposedly during, during the uh, um uh during the phone call that Don Richards conducted with Hank Earl Carr, he's trying to negotiate something with him, and Hank's you know uh uh you know and Hank is you know he's he's explaining his side of the story. In that phone call, and you hear this clicking sound, supposedly, and supposedly, supposedly that was Bubba the Love Sponge trying to get in on the line to try to talk to the guy. And I can, oh, wow. yeah, and, 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 and I can only, I can, I can only imagine, I can imagine how that, you know, I can imagine what that would have sounded like, you know, hey, don't, don't, don't be killing people, all right? You son of a bitch, I'm going to be talking about you tomorrow, none of that rock. My man, Manson's got a song for you. Ned's going to have a song about you. You're all son of a bitch. Lawrence, tell me, what is the most fascinating live radio you've ever heard in your life? Hmm. Pro- hmm let's see. The most fascinating live radio, I would probably say, would be any time I've ever listened to the Phil Hendry show. I mean, it's one thing to hear him do it, but if you see him do it on some of his old webcasts, it is just like... It is like it, it's it's amazing. It's like it's like how does he do it? Like how is he so quick on the draw? Amazing. Now is is he still on the radio at all? He is on doing anything. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, 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 well, he does a podcast now called The World of Phil Hendry. And it's it's on iTunes and it's on it's 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 on it's on all the uh, podcast platforms and things of that nature, and he still has PhilHendryShow.com and he's got uh, uh, just hours and hours of 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 material. It's it's it, and it and it expands every day. So so it's about like 
40,000, 40 some, 40 some thousand hours of just content that, that goes back years and years and years. Some, some content going all the way back to when he worked in Minneapolis in 1993. Who would you say, Lawrence, is your favorite two radio personalities hmm. of all time? Gosh, two favorite radio personalities. Okay. Uh, oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> that is a tough one. Uh, Make it three. Make it three. Okay. Broaden it out a bit. Okay. All right. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. The top three. Let's see. I would say uh, Phil Hendry. Let's see. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Uh, Howard Stern. And, uh-huh. well, let's see. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I'll just say uh, Dan Patrick, the uh, the sports guy. I like his program. He's 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 got a good, you know, he's got a good thing going. You know, he's been doing it for a long time. He's really good at it. He's got that really good radio voice. You know, he's he's you know, really really interesting stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah yeah, but uh, 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 but now that you were talking about Hank Earl Carr earlier, and we got uh, sidetracked, but uh, sure. yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, getting back to that, uh, what were you going to say about it? I just um, don't know if you were old enough or you were around Tampa, but I was driving home when I'm a radio dial puncher and WFLA, owned by J Corps, Clear Channel now, I heard. And I was fascinated to hear this guy on the radio try to explain this story to a news guy that I personally knew and for a while worked with. Oh, Don Richards. He is a mainstay of Tampa radio, and since it passed, but I worked down the hall, and uh, both Bubba, 98 Rock, and then Don on WFLA 970, and uh, I was just fascinated that this guy, how he got out of the handcuffs in the backseat of a patrol car. Yep, with the handcuff key. Execute two police officers and then head up I-75. And when I saw you were on tonight, my wife and I were in Fort Lauderdale a week ago, and we drove past where that Shell gas station was that he eventually took his life in the freezer area. Oh. And they have since changed the name of it, but it's right off of I-75 in between Ocala and Gainesville. Huh. And, uh... Well, he paralyzed Tampa during that day. Oh, yep. Everybody in that city was on edge and thinking, well, where's this guy gone? And it was just a sad day. It was, it, man. Local Tampa, oh. law enforcement, the city itself, it was just a very sad day. Oh, it was, man. It was. And and it's and it's sad to think, you know, you know, it's sad to think that, you know, uh, you know, if it could happen in a place like Tampa, Florida, it could happen anywhere at any time. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. It's just yeah. yeah. So when do you think you're going to relocate to, say, um, a bigger city? Uh, I'm not sure when. I'm not sure exactly when, but uh, uh, but I'm taking steps and trying to uh, you know, get the wheels in motion. Uh, um, uh. I should have uh, an advertisement in one of the local papers, uh, uh, hopefully soon, and I'll be putting a link to that on my uh, Facebook when that is uh, publicly available. And 
just uh, so yeah, just hoping that uh, you know, just hoping that uh, you know soon, you know, soon something will happen. Nice. Well, I'll tell you this, Lawrence. It was a pleasure working with you in class. Same here. Football stadium. Oh, that was fun, man. Of Phil Hendry. Yep. You introducing me to Phil Hendry. Yep. And I've watched some of the YouTube, thanks to you, and shared it with my wife. And I said, this is creativity and magic behind a microphone. And it's just magical to watch. And you introduced me to Phil Hendry. I had no idea who this guy was on from 6 to 10 or 10 to 2 at night before late night, you know, with George Norrie or Art Bell at the time. Uh, on. It just was utterly... Art Bell, rest in peace. Thanks to you mm-hmm. introducing me to him. Oh, not a problem, man. Well, if, um, you know, if, uh, 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 I'll never forget the, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'll never forget the first time that I heard Phil Henry. I'll never forget my dad came into my room one night and says, <laughs> and, and he says to me, hey, do you want to hear something funny on the radio? I'm like, yeah, sure. He says, check out this guy, Phil Hendry. And I'm like, okay. And he says, he described the show as he has on experts, but they're not really experts. And I'm like, all right. Okay, that sounds interesting. Never heard something like that before. So I tune in and I start hearing Phil talking. He's talking to this guy. He's talking to uh, the character he was talking to was a gentleman by the name of <clears throat> Harvey Wireman, the attorney at law. And... And, and and they're talking, and 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 so and, and so I'm like, okay, this is an interesting conversation. And then and then a couple of nights later, and the, and then and they start listening to the show a little bit more and more, and and then and then and then we're like, wait a sec. And then and then it was like, hey, wait a second, this guy when he's talking, it's like it's like he and the guests they don't talk at the same time. What's all about? And that's like, oh, this guy does all the voices. Wow, this is really cool. And then and then like a week or so later, uh, I remember we were driving to the airport. We were picking up one of my uncles from out of town, and we had the radio on. We were listening to the show, and 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 uh, and me and my dad are cracking up. My uncle, you know, you know, he's kind of sort of into it, but you know, and then and then is you know, and then is uh, 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 as time went on, uh, 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 started collecting all the uh, CDs and stuff, and uh, and uh, and uh, I've actually interviewed Phil three times, man. So he's a Great get, wow. yeah. He's he's a yeah. He's 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 a great get, man. And he's 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 been in a lot of projects. Like he was on uh, King of the Hill, uh, Futurama. Uh, he was in Team America: World Police. Uh, he was on uh, Modern Family. He's been on the Connors. He's just he's 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 done a lot of work in front of and behind the uh, the camera. And he and he's also he's also on this Netflix series. Uh, F is for family. It's a cartoon on, and, and it's and it's done by this comedian Bill Burr. It's really funny. Currently, he's on that. Uh, yes, yes, he is. He's wow. uh, yeah. Because question for you. Yeah. Do you think when he left the radio and did that TV show, uh, network TV, where he's with school teacher, or whatever? Yeah, teachers. Kind of faded out. Yeah, teachers. Yeah, that was on for like six episodes, and then it went. Uh, yeah. By the wayside, it was a mid-season replacement, and and that was and that was and that was about because because let me forget he started doing teachers, and like a month later he announced his resignation. And I will say this: as soon as when I read when I read that he was retiring, I was pretty upset. I started crying a little bit. I'm like, oh man, I can't believe it. And then and and then and then like and then like two weeks before the uh, then two weeks before the final episode. 
I was walking around the house acting as if like someone had died. I was I was just so bummed out because here's a guy who I'd listened to for about six years, and you know, and and you know, I knew that it was eventually going to end, but I'm thinking to myself, not like this, <laughs> not like this. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> don't go, don't I, I go. Wish you would never have left. Uh, I know, I know, but what's the show called on Netflix now? F is for family. It's a cartoon. It's 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 really funny. He 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 does he he does some voices on the show, like uh, um, uh, like uh, whenever whenever the family's like watching TV or they're uh, or they're listening to the radio, that's Phil typically doing a voice. So that's that's what he does on that show. Okay, I'm gonna look it up right now. F is for family. Yes, sir. Wow, Phil Hendricks. Uh. Lawrence, yes, sir. I just wanted to call and say hello. All right. It was... I will check back with you. And, uh, man, it's great to hear your voice and keep up the great work. Uh, same I'm here. All right. Thank you very much, man. Okay. 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 Have a nice Talk night. All right. You too. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye now. All right, everybody. All right, everybody. That was one of my former instructors from uh, high school. and uh, And oddly enough, believe it or not, uh, he was an instructor for a course called, are you ready for this, TV production. <laughs> and I was in that course. <laughs> yes, a blind guy in TV production. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, jeez. All right. So that's nice hearing from him. I think he currently lives in uh, Atlanta right now. I think that's where he is. All right. Uh, okay. Now, uh, okay. I only have a couple minutes left on the uh, program, uh, but I just want to get into this, uh, real quick. Uh, just real quick. So, <clears throat> there's, there's, uh, uh, there's, there's something called, okay. <clears throat> there's something okay, actually, you know what? I, you know, actually, you know what? I don't think I'm going to have time to get to it because it's like a minute long and then I got this other thing. Hang on. I got to clear this out. Stand by. Stand by. I got to clear this out real quick. Clear that out. Clear that out. I'll probably just save that for next week. But uh, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the program this week. Uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I have a lot of fun doing it. And uh, just, and just uh, again, uh, thank you to... Uh, John, last week, uh, we had a nice conversation, and, and John's very supportive of the program, so thank you, man. And, uh, and, and again, thank you to uh, Mr. Sheely from Atlanta for calling in tonight. Great hearing from you, man. And let's see, where's, where's the thing here? Where's the thing? Out of, dun, 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 where's it? Uh, where the heck is it? Oh, uh, wait a minute. Where's, where's the thing? I thought I had the thing, but I guess I don't. What the? No. Wait a minute. Where the? Where is it? No. Wait a minute. Huh. You know, I th I thought I had this thing. Hang on a minute. Okay. Wait. Okay. Okay. There we go. I just had to clear something out. All right. Well. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I wouldn't have all that. Oh, wait, actually, actually, okay. Hang on. 
I just want to end the show on this uh, on this note real quick. I know that it's coming up in the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, the 10th Fast and the Furious movie. And I'm just going to close on this note, folks. I do not understand the Fast and the Furious franchise. I just don't. I don't get it. I don't get the appeal of fast cars and heists. I, I just, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe it's the fast cars thing that I just don't understand. I just, I, I don't, I, I, I've, ne- I've never understood the franchise. I did try to give it a fair shake because I found a website, listen to a movie.com, and they have, they have like a couple of the Fast and the Furious movies, but I found the first one and I started checking out and I was completely lost. I didn't know what was going on. I just, I, I, I did not understand it. So maybe, maybe there's probably somebody out there who might be able to explain it to me, but I just, I don't understand the popularity. Well, okay. I understand the popularity of it, but I just like, as a whole, I don't understand the franchise. It's just, I don't understand it. I just don't. Maybe because I'm blind. Maybe that could be it. I don't know. But what I do know is this. You've been listening to the Lawrence Ross Show. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be back next week, same time, same station. So hope you guys tune in. Hope you guys uh, spread the word. And uh, and I should have either my old computer some uh, restored with uh, the files or if I got to re-download stuff, hey, look, I'll gladly re-download stuff. But in the interim, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, I, I, I'm using this backup computer, so, uh, that is that. Again, thank you so much for listening, everybody. I'm Lawrence Ross. See you with your heart, and do good. See you next Friday. Bye-bye, everybody. Take care. I thought we were putting all our eggs in the battery shutdown basket. You've been listening to the Lawrence Ross Show. You know the time you talk, the whole show sucks? Email the show, blindlawrence at gmail.com. That man insults me. Follow him on social media, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, all ending in forward slash blindlawrence. It's like pimping, but you rarely have to use the phrase upside your head. Check out his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Lawrence Ross. You gotta be kidding me. Keep up with the show on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash LRoss1987. Oh, good for you! Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. Search The Lawrence Ross Show or stream it on your smart speaker. Just say, play The Lawrence Ross Show. Well, then I guess you're done for the day. This week's episode of The Lawrence Ross Show. Well, say goodnight to the bad guy. Has concluded. Yeah.